Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. Thanks for joining us today. Many of you can probably relate to the saying, there aren't enough hours in the day. We have deadlines at work, kids in school, appointments with doctors and dentists. And to top it off, we have to find time to buy food and cook meals. And oh, yes, don't forget to exercise, sleep eight hours at night, and be sure to nurture solid friendships. Are we set up for failure? Today, we're going to look at our relationship with time and get some advice on how to map out our day at work and at home and to hopefully free up some space. Let me introduce you to uh, the woman with time management tips. Uh, Kelly Nolan is here with us. Kelly is a time management strategist and the mother of two. She is a former patent litigator who now consults professional working women on time management so they can manage it all personally and professionally with less stress. Kelly is also the host of the Bright Method podcast. Hi, Kelly. Great to meet you. Thank you for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. It's a true honor to be here. I'm glad somebody has it together. I am so eager to hear from you. To our listeners, I want to hear from you, too. Maybe you have it together, right? If you're someone who, you know, has been successful with managing and prioritizing your time, tell us what has worked for you. Or if you are struggling with time management, tell us what makes it challenging for you. What questions do you have for our guests about how to manage your time better? The phone lines are open. Here are the numbers to call. You can call 651-227-6000. Again, the number is 651 6000 or call us at 800-242-2828. And Chris Farrell is with us as well. He is NPR's senior economics contributor. Kelly, helping other people with time management is personal to you. I mean, you, you've you struggled this, with this yourself, you told me. How did this really become a challenge for you? What was going on in your life? Well, I had been decently organized all the way through college and law school, and then I became an actual practicing attorney and just quickly started feeling pretty overwhelmed. Just the mm-hmm. amount of cases I was carrying, all the deadlines, how they interacted, and then you know, being a real adult for the first time, too, in my personal life. And on the outside, I looked like I had it together, which I think is very common. But inside, I just was stretched way too thin. I'd be out with, you know, friends trying to focus on a conversation with them and like a work thought would go by and suddenly my brain's over there while I'm trying to look engaged with them. And I just was like, this cannot be what life is supposed to feel like. Mm -hmm. And I kept looking for help out there and nothing really stuck beyond like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And one day I was in my law office and I had a row of legal pads next to me with to-do lists for every matter I was on. I had a swamp of post-it notes by my phone. I had post-it notes all over my computer. I mean, my email inbox, you know, emailing opposing counsel. And I was like, I got to hear back from this guy at this time, or we're not gonna be able to move for an extension. And I don't know what made me do it, but I BCC'd myself And I dragged his email to the little calendar icon in Outlook, and you can create a calendar event, and it saves the email in the body of the email. And I just wrote, if no word, follow up with this guy and saved it for two hours later. And it was the first time that I started seeing, oh, like there's a way that I can use a system outside of myself to help me show up in the way that I want to without my brain having to be at the alarm clock. And slowly over time, I started piecing together this system. I thought I was creating a system to help me get to where everybody else already was. Come to find out years later, a lot of people felt like I had. And so now I help people manage this system that can help them just manage it all because there is so much we're managing with a lot more clarity and a lot less stress. So there are tools that we know work. Absolutely. Available to us. And so tell us about people who have come to you for help. Um, How do they describe what they're struggling with or what seems to be the problem? You did a nice job talking about what is happening to you internally. Yeah. 
I would say the vast majority of people, but not everybody, but the vast majority of people kind of have similarly reached a tipping point at some point that has caused them to feel overwhelmed. So a lot of people had a system that got them very far. They've accomplished a lot of things. They've gotten far in life and then they get a promotion or they get a new job or another baby enters the picture or an alien parent comes in and the systems that took them so far suddenly can't keep up with Mm -hmm. the rest of their life and they feel stretched too thin. As I said, exhaustion is a lot of one, like that feeling of like, I just can't ever, I'm working so hard and I feel like I'm still showing up at like 60% of what I want to be. And so it's a lot of those types of feelings and just the overall stress. I feel like I'm still carrying around my middle school method. Exactly. Chris remembers this. You used to buy the planner, right? And then you would just like map it out and that worked, right? I write everything down. And I do. I still do that where you cross it off. Yeah. It feels good it's when good you cross, cross it off. off. Doesn't it feel good? <laughs> it yes, feels so right? good. So, like, for like, does that still work? Just having like crossing things off a little piece of paper. If it works for you, great. <laughs> you know, truly, truly, if it works well, and I completely agree. I think the the one of the reasons this is hard is because we were never taught how to do this in a complicated adult context. Right. Most of us learn time management with a paper planner and a to-do list. And that's what got us far. But And if it works, if it continues to work for people, wonderful. Like I'm not here to break anything that's not broken or sorry, right. fix anything that's not broken. But for some people, it's when they feel like my systems, they're confused. They're like, I used to feel organized. Right. Now I'm not. And they blame themselves. Like right. I felt a level of shame around that. Kelly, we're going to take some phone calls, but I want to ask you this first. What is the benefit of getting it under control? What I mean, what should be the incentive for someone taking some time to, to recognize maybe I need some better time management tools and skills? There's so many benefits. I mean, the stress level is going down and obviously the mental and physical implications stress can have on our lives is one. Um, for a lot of people that I work with, our relationships are the most important parts of our lives. And when we're struggling on the time management front, we feel like our relationships suffer, whether we're not investing time or we're showing up as the like snippy, stressed out versions of ourselves or mm-hmm. just not able to be present. And so when we can get a handle on time management, our relationships get better, um, our work product can be better. And for me, one of the key parts of a, the signs of a really good time management is your ability to take a break and actually enjoy it. And that's something I really strive to help clients with. And when you, what do you do in your free time? You know, this is such an interesting question. I feel like we, especially women, are told to that self-care looks like you know beauty treatments and this kind of stuff. And you really tapping into what what resonates with you and what gives you just feels feel you feel like light and life again. So for me, it's walking in the dogs with my um, sorry, walking in the woods with my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's reading a paperback. I have two little kids, so that's rare and feels really special to me. And then those kind of my relationships are my husband says my relationships are my hobbies, but it really looks more like these days one on one hangouts. I've realized that's when I feel most mm-hmm. filled up instead of kind of exhausted. After like, let me go over here and check on Cheryl and take a walk with her like that. <laughs> yeah, makes you feel good. It feels great Talked to have a one on one real conversation with people feeling light. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's take some phone calls. Uh, if you're just joining us, our conversation uh, may be making you feel stressed already. I, I bet you are, are probably somebody who struggles with time management. If that is you, give us a call and you can ask our guests your questions or, or tell us what's working for you. If you're listening and you have some advice to add, we'd like to hear from you too. Tell us about the solutions you have discovered with time management. You can call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Let's go to St. Paul. Uh, uh, to talk with one of our listeners who is on hold. This is Joe. Good morning, Joe. What do you want to tell us or ask? 
Good morning. I am a full-time doctoral student, a full-time health professional, and have three kids with a blended family and who go to different schools. So I would love strategies Ooh. on managing multiple high-priority email accounts on different servers and reducing the overwhelm of email waste and also managing multiple people's otherwise known as kids' schedules. Wow. Okay. And, and how old are, the, are your kids, Joe? Eight, nine, and 11. Wow. And you say you work full-time and you're a full-time uh, PhD student? Uh, doctor of nursing practice. Yep. Okay. I'm just taking a breath for you. Woo! <laughs> you found time to call. Let's, uh, Kelly, what, what do we start? Did you, you said something about emails, right? You have a lot of emails? Yeah. So multiple high-priority email accounts, and they're on different servers. So I can't necessarily merge, you know, Gmail accounts because some are Outlook, some are our Gmail. Um, so managing those different multiple different accounts that are all sort of similar mm-hmm. priority. All right. Uh, what do you say to Joe? Well, Just you definitely, definitely are managing a lot. And mm-hmm. so my heart goes out to you on that side of things. Um, in terms of helping from a practical perspective, I am a big fan of a digital calendar. So just to be clear, I'm a paper lover. I still process by writing. But when it comes to managing time and tasks, there's a lot of beauty that comes with a digital calendar, including when you're managing multiple people like you are. And so what I like to do is kind of set up calendars like you can set up, whether this is Google, Outlook, Apple, separate calendars for separate people and get all of the logistics of each of their lives out in a digital calendar format so you can see it and you can see how they interact. And also, if you have a partner, you can share certain of those calendars with your partner to help facilitate the communication and the sharing of the load so that it's not such a mental load anymore, but it's out in the open. We can talk about it. We can have specifics. And we're not just constantly being like, when are you picking up the kids? Are you doing that today? All that kind of stuff. And so that's a really big first step. Um, I also think that especially with three kids, the amount of mental load and like invisible to do's that come with that is something I would also work at unloading into that calendar. Let that calendar carry the weight of that. So even your personal life, like when are you going to shower and get ready in the morning? Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) You have to account for that, right? Because it takes time. Exactly. So showering and getting ready, walking the dog, prepping meals. You know, if you have little kids, I know your kids are a little older, but for those of us who have little kids like bed and bath time with the kids, all of those take up hours of our day when you tallying them up, but we don't usually calendar them. We don't usually put them on a to-do list. And so they're just living in our head and we're not accounting for them in a realistic plan. So when you're managing all of these kids on top of all of the other stuff you're handling, Joe, is really getting them out of your head so that you can see if what you're trying to do is realistic. So you can make adjustments. So you can eliminate some stuff that you just decide isn't worth it. And so that's where I would start. I know I'm throwing a lot at you and I never like to sugarcoat time management. Um, let me just turn to the email side of things just to help with that. Email is kind of a work invisible to do. It's one of those things that we typically don't also calendar time for, but takes up hours of our day, which you're getting at. Um, the average American worker spends 2.6 hours on email, and that was from a 2012 McKinsey study. I'm sure it's higher now. But it's not in anybody's calendar. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. let's say you have 2.6 hours of email every day, and you have your two full-time jobs and all these kids on top of it. Even if you just didn't calendar that, it's not a surprise that every day you're like, where did this day go? Because you had an extra two and a half hours of work. Um, So that is the type of thing that I would protect time for. And 
in addition to the benefit of you protecting time for it, it also helps you then plan more realistically because you have a better understanding of what remaining capacity you have to give to any of the other one-off stuff. But I do want to just empathize that this stuff is hard. And if you're, I, I feel like we have this belief that time management should be like natural and like we should in- inherently know how to do this stuff. And so when we don't, we kind of blame ourselves. And I just want to just say that this stuff is hard. And if you struggle with it, I really I get it. And you're not weird. And there are a lot of very successful people who are also struggling with this, too. And a question. Um, you mentioned the digital calendars. How do I find a digital calendar? You said there are many options. Do I just Google like digital calendar? <laughs> like, what? I don't even know like how to like search for options. Yeah. So the main ones I work with um, that I think are most common are some people are in Outlook just because they have right. to be for work or they like it. Um, Apple has their own native calendar app. Mm-hmm. And then Gmail has like Google has mm-hmm. their own as well. And when I like to think about which ones should you end up with, it's a conversation around, you know, what are you already with in terms of work? And what are our options there? And then also, if you have a partner, what are they on? Because you would, it's really beneficial to be on the same platform as your partner, mm-hmm. even if it's just in your personal life. So um, when you're deciding, those are kind of the places we start. I will say the tech setup, I wish all these texts were like better friends with each other that can be a real pain point to get them to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. But we, even if we can't, we help account for each and the other. So Chris, in, in the workplace, um, are employers starting, does that come up in interviews? You know, I feel like that's a thing that people ask you, like, how, what would you consider a strength or what's your approach to time management? Is that, are we seeing that show up in the workplace as an issue? Definitely seeing show. And it's actually one of the things that really came out of the pandemic when you think about how stressed out people were. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a word that has uh, been about employees really want more and more flexibility. And managements didn't pay a whole lot of attention. Yes, yes, yes. You want more flexibility. Let's pat you on the head and, you know, go off and do your task. Coming out of the pandemic, people took flexibility a lot more uh, seriously. Mm-hmm. They took stress and burnout more seriously because a lot of this is really you're burning out. You're stressed right. out. So I do think that management is is taking it much, much more seriously, trying to create systems also that are simplified and to help people be more to successful. help people be more successful. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, take on a phone call from a listener as we talk about time management and how we can improve it. So we have more free time. Uh, let's take this call in Minneapolis. We have Ananda on the line. And again, the number to call is 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828 as we talk with a time management strategist. Uh, Ananda, what did you want to ask or tell us? Yeah, first let me just say, wow, I woke up with this whole topic just killing me. <laughs> oh, well, no, you're worrying about it. Just, yeah, well, yeah, in real life. But I wanted to share uh, something that I've been working with my son, who's now 16, mm-hmm. since he was in uh, middle school. So he he has he's in a fairly advanced school and he has a lot of homework. Mm-hmm. Um, and he works a little slower, maybe, than, than other kids. So... Um, and he, our weekends often are a stress point for him. He wants to, you know, he wants to go out and play. He wants to, um, he has his sports that he has to do. He has his homework that he has to do. Um, so I started having him chart, writing out what topics he has, how much time he thinks mm-hmm. each topic homework is going to take him. And then we break the day into three sections, morning, afternoon, evening. And I say, um, you, you, put what homework you're going to work on in these times and then we can work together on what we want to do where that fits in and then uh we just stick to the 
schedule, and then I also ask him to write the actual time it takes him mm-hmm. so that he'll get better at guesstimating how long things are going to take him. And this is um, this is a gift to him, right? Because you, um, I'm imagining he he's, he looks uh, stressed to you, and you don't want to see that in a 16 year old. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this really showed up on a weekend where he felt like he had so much homework, and we were, you know, we had something scheduled, and he just didn't see how he could do it all. Oh, oh. all right. Good job, Dad. Thank you, uh, Ananda, for that phone call. Uh, a lot of young people, uh, high school students, college students, struggle with time management, and it, it makes them unhappy, and it is hard to see that. So uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts about what this dad is doing, uh, identifying what his 16-year-old son is already showing and how, how he can help him? I absolutely love it because it guessing and estimating how long things take is something that we don't mm-hmm. talk enough about around time management. And we all struggle with underestimating. It's I, I have people come to me and they're like almost ashamed of like, I'm really bad at knowing how long things take me. And I, it's, it's the number one issue that I work on with clients. We all have that. And so the it's it is such a gift to him that you're starting to develop that muscle of how not only when am I going to do it, but how long does it take and does it fit with everything else that I want to do today? Um, so I think that that's just phenomenal. And I think that especially with kids, th- when you look at a calendar, if you only use a calendar for meetings and class times and maybe sports practices, there's a lot of white space. But Everyone knows that's not just like, we got nothing to do in free time. <laughs> like, it's actually really difficult. And so I think it's such a gift to teach them not just how to guess it, like guess at how long things are going to take and then also compare to the actual and so that you can like get better at that, but also tying it to time of like, when am I going to do this task? I'm going to do that here. When am I going to do this task? I'm going to do it here. And then also building in the fun things, hopefully as well into that so that we can just see how all of these things fit together and know, do they fit together? And then see how like, we're going to get some things done over time. We can have some fun tonight and we'll do that other thing tomorrow. And that's okay too. Yeah, that breaks my heart to see, particularly, you know, like family events or things that should be fun that people remove themselves from. Like, I don't have time. I would love to do that. And then that creates its own, you know, stress. Yeah. And one thing I've learned is, you know, uh, Angela, I've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs over the years. Mm -hmm. And they all say something that has always stuck with me, which is that the most important lesson that they've ended up learning. And remember, entrepreneurs are working lot of hours, you know, can't put it away. That the most, it was how to say no. No, I won't do that. No, I won't take that task. No, I won't. You, I, I'd love to, I'd love the money, but you're just not the right client for me. And sometimes when I think with this time management, it's learning how to say no, because there is a family event that I want mm-hmm. to go to. So setting some boundaries. Prioritiz- prioritization, right? Yes. Uh, before we go to news. Speak to me about prioritization because that is a key to this as well. Yep. I think we all know that prioritization is important. I think that what when it gets tricky is that like we know we need to say no and we know we need to prioritize, but people like past me at least struggled to know where those lines are. When do I say no? How do I prioritize? How do I know how much I can put into this schedule, like how many priorities I can have. And so that part is where it gets a little bit tricky and having a practical system that can show you, okay, this is my capacity because I see my awake hours and then I see all those invisible to-dos in there. And then I can see, okay, this is the capacity I have to give to one-offs and I can decide what to fit in there. And in prioritization conversations, a part that I see missing too much from American work culture is the need to, yes, get clear on priorities, but also ensure there's time and energy to meet those priorities 
which requires elimination. And we have to get clear on we're prioritizing these things and therefore we are eliminating these things, or as you were saying, Chris, saying no to things. But from a just a leadership perspective, those those tough decisions need to be made on the outset so that workload is more manageable so people can hit the priorities with success. Back to the phone lines in Minneapolis. Rebecca's on the phone. Rebecca, thank you for waiting and calling in. What do you want to tell us? Um, I have a small business here in Minneapolis, and I've been doing it for a few years now. And when I started, it seemed like I just didn't have time. I didn't know <laughs> where I was going, what I was doing. And I ended up kind of running myself a little bit ragged. And I found something that really worked for me was to um, put in a schedule on the Google Calendars app, which is free and easy to use. And I would put in all the questions or comments or things that I needed to remember for that day, phone numbers, people involved, the places I was going, and scheduling in with my work life and taking time out of that, looking at that calendar and seeing what I had scheduled for myself and what time I was taking for that. And it really helped me being able to just say, it's all my questions, everything I need to know is in one place, and I can just kind of put it away at the end of the day and not be sitting there going, I'm forgetting something. So, so I just thought that that was a really helpful thing for me. So the before and after, Rebecca, after you figured mm-hmm. it out, are you a different person? Is life better now? Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier. At the end of the day, I would just be sitting there going, I think I forgot something. You know, I think I got everything with work done. But then Mm -hmm. I would forget to have called my mom or made time for friends that I thought was like an important thing for me. So Mm -hmm. trying to like have a visual representation of that. And also like the days that have gone by, like sometimes we do get busy and we just put in that extra time. And, you know, that can be important when you're building a business, but you have to stop and say that, I've been busy for like the last month and I need to stop and take some time for myself. So Mm -hmm. having something that's like with you all the time, as soon as something comes up, just put it in your calendar. That way you have something to reflect back on and it's not just all swirling in your head at all times. Even if it's really simple, easy things, you know, you get busy and that easy stuff just doesn't become so easy anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you. That's Rebecca in Minneapolis. Uh, Another phone call uh, in Minneapolis. This is Connor on the line. Connor, thank you for waiting. And what do you want to tell us or ask about time management? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Thanks so much for creating space for this conversation. Mm -hmm. So I am a husband and a father. I have a full-time job. I'm in an MBA program here in Minneapolis. I'm a reservist in the military, so I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And these tools that you're talking about are vital, and I, and I use some of them. My question is maybe a, a, a surface below that, which is the tools are great, but how does a person, in your opinion, how have you built that kind of focus, discipline, muscle? Um, because without that, I mean, the tool is going to be kind of useless. Uh, and I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. Focus. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. And thank you. People are busy and productive. I'm very proud of our our listeners today. Right? Juggling a lot, but focus. I mean, even for me, you know, I can have time allotted. Okay, I'm going to write. I'm going to read. But if I'm not focused, it doesn't happen. So what are your thoughts uh, on that? That's a great question. I mean, you do have a lot going on. So I also understand that. I think for what I would recommend doing is first, and it sounds like you might already be doing this, is calendaring 
the time, even just getting really clear on when do I focus best? When is my energy good? Is it when? Yeah, like, am I best in the morning? Um, For some clients, it's not the morning. So don't fall prey to like, you know, the traditional things. Like if you have a lot of like workplace fires in the morning, but things settle down around one, maybe that's the better time to try and focus. And so just being clear on what's your energy, and then let's match make between high energy tasks and high energy windows, and then also put low energy tasks in the low energy windows. Um, And another thing that I would say, is sometimes people have tried, and this doesn't sound like you, but I just want to throw it out there because it might resonate, is some people have tried time blocking to an extent. They'll say they use their calendar predominantly for meetings, but they'll put in one task one day and they're just like, this is when I'm going to do it. And then the time rolls around and they don't do it. And they're like, I don't have discipline. And the reality is, is you you, they can't trust that system yet because they know, oh, I have these five other to-do lists and something on there might be more important. So let me go over there. And in reality, that might be smart. Something on those to-do lists might be smarter. And so what I believe is to use these tools like we're talking about, you really do need to calendar like 95% of the things you have going on and sprinkle them over time to see how they can play out in the future so that when that time comes around, you can trust that that is what you should be working on and that the other things do have time protected in the future. And it's okay that you don't do that right now. What would you add to that, Chris? So I would also add to it, some of your tasks automate. So a lot of us have that pressure. We need to save more. We talk a lot about money, Angela, Mm -hmm. on on the Monday show. And you feel that pressure. I I need to be saving. I need to be saving more. But, you know, you don't get around to it. You automate it. Every bank, you know, you say on the 15th of the month, I want $10, $15 to go into my savings account. You give the tasks to someone else. You give the tasks to someone else. Right, right. And you say the same thing with your retirement savings plan, right? You, you, The money's automatically taken out of, of your check. It goes in, put into a target date fund. So think about what can I automate? Things that are good, things that I have this pressure because I know I should be doing more. And it's particularly uh, amenable in the world of finance. Automate it because then – you don't have to worry about discipline. You've actually instituted discipline. Um, I want to pick up on something you said, time of day. Uh, I I think maybe because my, I'm more rested, I can write better and faster. I can get things done early in the morning. Yeah. But at late at night, I find I'm more creative. That's when I get ideas, topics, guests, you know, like ideas come at night, like with creativity. But in terms of being able to write or read and comprehend, that happens for me early in the morning. So identifying uh, yeah. parts of the day when you are productive, or there's certain times of the day like, oh, I'm distracted because I'm like hungry, or I'm distracted because I need a nap. Yeah. So you have to know yourself and, and your body, I guess, your, your, own, um, your own tendencies. Absolutely. And it can change over time. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes you can find a flow that works really well for you. And if it changes over time during life phases, you know, be Mm -hmm. open to that. And also look at your schedule with an eye towards energy. So if you're doing a big presentation at work, know that you're probably going to be exhausted after that. And maybe Mm -hmm. you do some lower energy things following that so that, again, you're matchmaking your energy with the tasks you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the grocery shopping after I do, or I'm going to hit the car wash exactly. after, <laughs> after I do the presentation. Let's take uh, more calls from listeners if we talk about time management skills. In Bloomington, Jenny's on the phone. Hi, Jenny. What do you want to tell us? Hi. Thank you for this topic. It's mm-hmm. incredibly practical. Uh, I wanted to share a resource that I've been using now for over a year by a local author, mm-hmm. John Brandon, and it's called The 7-Minute Productivity Solution. And he has two seven-minute routines that I found very helpful in my I, – I do a lot, of, a lot of gigs, a lot of writing, and I find I'm very distracted when I sit down. What do I tackle first? 
And his first routine is where you define what's meaningful and what is my purpose, where are moments of hope. So it's kind of clearing my head and settling in for the day. And then this next seven-minute routine is doing what you just talked about, where it's like, what are all my tasks? And then how do I time block the tasks? And I find doing the first routine of what is my purpose and what are what's what's hopeful, I come into the day with a much more positive attitude rather than a a do or dread kind of approach mm. to productivity. So it's no fun um, to wake up in the morning been, dreading the day, right? Does that happen? No. Yeah. Exactly. And this helps me be thankful and have a more positive attitude, which flows into productivity. Mm. Thank you. That's Jenny uh, in Bloomington, taking control of the situation and and that book, The Seven Minute Productivity Solution, she recommends. Uh, Another phone call. This is uh, in Plymouth. That's Kelly on the phone. Hi, Kelly. What do you want to tell us about uh, time management? Hi. um, I went from the world of accounting and being busy at work to having twins and being a stay-at-home mom. And now I have four kids, three in elementary and one in preschool. And as a stay-at-home mom and trying to manage all that, and I have a husband that travels for work, I have goals and things I want to get done. And then at the end of the day, I feel like I didn't get my things done. (laughs) Um, I feel like, where does that time go? Mm -hmm. And how am I using my time? So um, what I did is I printed off our school calendar and I highlighted in orange the 32 days we have off during the academic year. So those are mom-led days. Um, and then I went ahead and I highlighted with four kids the days my kids are homesick in a different color. And then I started highlighting the day, weeks my husband's traveling for work. And then when the kids have appointments, and there's usually five snow days a year. So for me, I looked at that calendar and I say, I haven't cleaned out the kids' closets. I haven't done this project organized this or that or gotten these things done that I wanted to. And I look at my calendar and it's full of color. And I say, (laughs) as a stay-at-home mom, my job is to drop everything when a kid's sick from school, you know, when a kid has an appointment. And so all that color tells me I didn't get the things I wanted, but I'm still doing so much. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel better about Mm -hmm. my expectations. Right. Because, uh, we need to be kind to ourselves and have reasonable expectations. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you for all that you're doing and, and, and for calling in. Uh, what do you hear in, in her story? Well, I'm right there in the trenches with you on that um, from having a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And just I, I was... Your husband's an emergency room doctor. And yeah, my husband's an emergency room doctor. So I am definitely the primary caregiver and the one who has to drop everything um, when anything goes sideways. And I... I just really understand where you're coming from. And I think that you've done such a remarkable job of bringing to light and just embracing the reality of the situation. I think so often when we think I didn't get enough done, we just aren't appreciating all that we are doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) in reality. Right. Because you did the eight things, right? Right. But you didn't get to the last three. Right. And so, you know, to me, a lot of that comes down to that calendaring out your invisible to-do list so you can see just all Mm -hmm. the things that you're juggling. But I also love what you have done of just getting clear on, you know, the amount the amount of time that kids aren't in school. I heard a podcast, I think it's called The Mom Hour, More Experienced Moms Than I, that they said they actually were curious and went through the school year and something like 50% of the weeks are not five-day weeks. And so just shifting our expectations of, you know, most of these schools aren't fully five-day weeks a lot of the year, four, four-and-a-half type days, and then, as you said, school days and all that. 
embracing that reality helps us set our own expectations and how we feel about we what we accomplish during the day. Tell me about more about your work. So you're a time management strategist, you work in small groups or or what do you do with people? Yeah, so we I run two programs a year. Um, usually about 25 to 35 working women from different industries. So um, a lot of legal, just given my background, but also physicians, I would say 50% corporate, and then some miscellaneous, a lot of um, college professors, people along those lines. And what I do is just teach this system that helped me go from an overwhelmed young attorney to someone who feels more on top of it and that has served me and adapted to me through every phase of my life now. Um, And so we get started with that invisible to-do list on the personal life, and then we turn to getting intentional with our work hours and reclaiming those. And then we really turn to a six-step process of backing out those one-off projects, and then we wrap things up with a planning session, and then we stick around for a couple weeks to play it all out together. So it's Um, like a class. It is, and it's all online, um, and it's really fun. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, I love teaching the system. I love the results it can get people. I also find it just the secret magic that I did not expect is having a group of women come together who are very high achieving and everyone being impressed with each other and seeing, oh, if you're struggling with this too, Mm -hmm. then maybe I can let go of the self-blame and just stop blaming myself for these issues and look for a solution outside of myself. And it's really, it's it's really a joy to be part of. And so I love it. Because we don't want people to beat themselves up, but we just want everyone to recognize that this does steal a lot of joy from people and that it can be managed better. Let's take another phone call. This is Joe in Minneapolis. Hi, Joe. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, what do you Um, want to tell us? Whenever I'm doing a task, I find that I find periods of um, what I call dead time. So if I'm cooking, I can find like a seven-minute period where something needs to saute for a bit. And instead of looking at my phone for those seven minutes, I instead just decide to try to get the kitchen or sweep the floor instead. And and that sort of helps me remove a block of time at the end of the day dedicated to just chores since I'm taking care of it while I'm doing other things. And that way I can really just enjoy the, these blocks of time for myself and my family and my cats. <laughs> <laughs> that is important. Thank you. That's uh, Joe in Minneapolis. And, and that made me think of something, uh, you know, multitask. You know, I used to take great pride in, like, I can multitask. But now I also find I have great shame that I get easily distracted. And I can also, particularly with social media, like lose track of time doing some things that aren't really helpful, but maybe my, my mind just needed a break. And what what do you see with that, that people losing focus and maybe just, you know, doing things, particularly on their phones that are not on anybody's list, <laughs> but taking away time. Absolutely. Well, about multitask- multitasking, there are studies, I believe, that show only 2% of the population can actually multitask. And so I think that's just a good thing to... So you think you are, but you're not. Yeah. And <laughs> so, and but that's a nice thing to embrace is just like, I'm going to focus on this one thing, and then I'll turn to the next thing. One thing I like to, though, think about is you you can't multi-focus. And that's a point by Greg McEwen in Essentialism. And he talks about how that's why you can listen to a podcast and walk your dog or listen Mm -hmm. to a podcast and wash the dishes. But you can't listen to a podcast and work. And so try not to just catch yourself when you're trying to multi-focus is really where you want to catch yourself and just really bring yourself into the one steps. And then I on the social media and scrolling and all that kind of stuff, it is so hard. I mean, because sometimes I need a laugh, right? Absolutely. And I think if you can go into it, I think we so often talk about social media like all or nothing or like your phone all or nothing. But like being clear, like this is I'm okay spending 20 minutes a day, 40 minutes a day, whatever it might be on your phone and 
letting like own it and let yourself enjoy it. Maybe set a timer to help you get off because we all lose track of time. Mm -hmm. But then also give yourself maybe a menu of options in your like know when you go on social media. So for me, it's like once the kids are in bed, if I sit down on the couch and get on social media, like it's trouble. And so what you want to do is give future tired you a menu of other things that they might want to do, like you know, something fun, listening to a fun audio book or, you know, doing that art class online you want to do. So help future you know what the alternative is. So you're not being like scroll or not scroll. And you're like, well, scroll versus Mm -hmm. something else that you would really enjoy doing. I'm I'm taking that to heart. You cannot multifocus. And Chris, we just have 30 seconds left here. What do you want to say? I just want to agree. You cannot multifocus. Me personally? And the other thing is- looking at me. No, no. I I can't multifocus. I can't either. (laughs) But my, what I also would say is I really love that that comment by the caller thinking about meaning. And if you right. think about meaning, then you think about time differently rather than getting caught up in time. Right. Uh, our guest today, I want to thank you again, uh, Kelly Nolan, for so much great advice. And for our listeners, thank you for sharing your advice and, and your challenges with time management. Kelly Nolan, a time management strategist who consults professional working women on time management, also the host of the Bright Method podcast. And Chris Farrell, our senior economics contributor here with us today in the studio. This conversation was produced by Matt Alvarez. All right, we'll talk again tomorrow morning at nine, everybody. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.